Hey, so-called Oreos listeners, it's Amari here with a little PSA for you today. Since recording this episode almost two weeks ago, a lot of devastating things have occurred. During this episode, we lamented about the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement often feels like it's being co-opted by other people or other underrepresented groups to push alternative agendas. Since then, we have witnessed number 45 continue to disrespect the Black community by announcing an upcoming rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on Juneteenth. We have also seen his administration finalize a regulation that will erase protections for transgender patients against discrimination by doctors, hospitals, and health insurance companies. A move that was announced on the fourth year anniversary of the Pulse nightclub massacre and also in the middle of Pride Month. This is not only disgusting, but it's inhumane. These moves are calculated and deliberate, and citizens' civil rights are under attack. The killings of Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Tony McDade, and so many others have spurred recent unrest in the United States. And during this time, the Trump administration has continued to purposefully put its citizens in harm's way. We're in the middle of a humanitarian crisis, period. And everyone should be in this conversation. so-called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I'm Rachel Fowler, here with my co-host, Janae, Amari, (laughs) and Kia. We did it right. I was like, I'm going in this time. (laughs) It's time. Yay. Before we begin, I just want to highlight, um, if some of you may notice the sound that may be different, we are calling through Skype and we are working uh, to better our our sound. So how is everyone doing? Um, it's been a crazy week. I feel excited. I feel excited for the future. Like, I feel like we're seeing slow progress, which is good. And I'm honestly going to take every ounce of what white guilt has right now and i'm just gonna profit off that to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm also feeling very okay um i actually if i don't don't know if i've ever said it but i'm i've been upstate with my parents for the past since covid happened um and i went to a march in my hometown yesterday and it was just really uplifting there were like two thousand people there Um, And it was all like young people and it wasn't just people of color. It was like tons of white people were there too. Um, And it was just like a really, really good moment. A little scary because everyone kind of just like forgot about COVID, which was a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Um, But it was just like good vibes all around. Amari, how are you feeling? Um, I'm good. I feel like you know, my feelings and emotions kind of vary on the day to day. I think it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and like saddened um, by everything. But I and I, I don't want to be too, too, like, I don't want to be, I guess, uh, what's like naively hopeful about everything. But there does, something feels different about this time. Um, and I hope like, everyone uses this anger and pain and mobilizes um, in ways that, you know, we weren't doing before. I think there's a lot of power in 
unity and collectiveness. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is, I ho- I'm hoping that this is the shift that we've been begging for for years. 400 something years. But <laughs> yeah, you know. Something years, you know. <laughs> A change gonna come. <laughs> I'm just glad that um, this week is over. It's just been like an emotional roller coaster for me. Um, just being on social media, seeing posts about the protest and uh, George Floyd and his daughter. And uh, we're still trying to get justice for Breonna Taylor. So I'm just glad that this week is over. Mm-hmm. This has felt like the longest week. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This week has moved by so slow where like the rest of the week since COVID has started have just like yeah. ran by. I've been in upstate New York since March, and that feels like it was a hop, skip, and a jump ago. And this week was slow. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird time, but hopefully it's we're all going to come out of it in a better way. That's all I can hope for, to be honest. But yeah, guys, you'll be excited for this episode. <laughs> Before we um, jump into the episode, let's start with Akia. What's going on this week in Black history? Okay, guys, I was deciding what I should do for this week in Black history, looking up the Black facts. And I wanted to, again, address another riot because I feel like there are so many riots in our history that we do not know about or we were never taught. And I think it's important, especially this riot that happened um, June 20th to June 22nd. It's the 1943 Detroit race riot. Um, This took place when white people started a rumor that a black man had killed a white woman and her infant. Um, It was suppressed after 6,000 federal troops were ordered into the city to restore the peace. A total of 34 people were killed. 25 of those people were black and most of them were killed by police force. Um, 433 people were wounded. 75% of those 433 were black and um, property valued at $2 million. So in um, today's value is basically $30 million. That's the amount of um, property that was destroyed and um, that took place in the poorest neighborhood of Detroit. Um, so at that time, a lot of white people kind of mistakenly attribute the cause of the riot to black people and young people. Um, but the NAACP later identified deeper causes like um, years after this. And they said that the cause for the riot was actually a shortage of affordable housing, discrimination in employment, lack of minority representation in the police and white police brutality. Yeah, everything now. This is why I wanted to bring this one up, because um, instead of late 20th century analysis of the rioters show that the white rioters were often young and unemployed. And they traveled actually super long distances across the city to join the first stage of the riot that happened um, to attack the black people in the poor neighborhood. And the black people that were involved in these riots, they were actually older and established residents who were there for decades. Um, So these white people basically were coming in trying to take their jobs and they were mad that they were unemployed because this is when like Detroit um, started becoming a big place for work. So they traveled distances and kind of just like made a rumor and rioted um, and and destroyed a lot of property value. Um, It says many of the black men were were working men. They were married and they were simply just trying to like defend their homes and their neighborhood against like the police and the white rioters. Um, And then 
they also made the point that a lot of the white people destroyed like white owned property and businesses. So I just thought that was important because that's just another example of like history repeating itself almost. And like, we're not taught about it. So it's going to repeat itself if we're not going to learn. And again, I just want to make a point that like white people have been riding in this country for like years and years and decades. Um, and they've been destroying stuff. And like, we don't, that's just not fair to like put that on us right now, especially when, Right now, a lot of white people are the ones starting this, the riots, and the police are still beating people up at protests that are against police brutality. So, yeah. 100%. Wow. Thank you for that, Kia. Now to Amari with Black Professionals We Love. So this month is Pride, and I don't think you can properly talk about Pride without talking about Marsha P. Johnson, who was an activist, self-identified drag queen, performer, and survivor. She was a prominent figure in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. Uh, she sparked a new phase in the LGBTQ plus movement. Um, and also along with Sylvia Rivera, she established the street transvestite Action Revolutionaries, also known as STAR, in 1970. And that was a group that was dedicated to supporting transgender youth experiencing homelessness in New York City. Um, at one point, Marsha went by uh, Black Marsha, but she eventually settled on Marsha P. Johnson, and the P stood for Pay It No Mind, which is in reference to people questioning her gender. Um, unfortunately, on July July 6th, thank you, um, she was tragically murdered um, at the age of 46, um, and her case, her case was closed by the NYPD as an alleged suicide, but trans gender activist Maria Lopez fought it to be reopened in 2012. Um, and I think it's, you know, unfortunately it needs to be said right now. And I was, you know, you would hope that we'd be past this point, but when people talk about black lives matter, they're talking about all black lives matter. So if you're preaching that black lives matter, and that does not include transgender people, and it does not include queer people, then you do not fully understand what this movement is about. Um, so I don't understand people who, why would the liberation of black people come at the ex exclusion of specific black people? That does make, not make any sense to me. Uh, my liberation does not seem like that does not seem like it would be sweeter. Um, so just like pay that in mind. There's a lot of, you know, like cisgender heterosexual like toxicity in the culture and we need to address it and i think now is the time to really fully you know bring us together um so i just wanted to point that out because it has been really disappointing for people to be like oh i'm about black lives matter but i'm not a you know i don't believe in homosexuality yeah and that's just like disgusting and clearly you don't understand what the movement is actually about and also like the civil rights movement all these movements were like pioneered by you know black you know gay women and you know transgender women so you know yeah it's just really disappointing to see that Do we know how she died i i mean the they they said it was at the time they said it was suicide but it was clearly a murder and i don't know if they um after the case was reopened, they fully established what had happened to her. But unfortunately, I think a lot of her death, the true, the true facts of her death remain um, a mystery. Or not even a mystery. People know. In, yeah, I'm reading now. She's also um, an AIDS activist. Mm -hmm. um, and she was known as the mayor of Christopher Street. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, I've seen like her picture a lot. I didn't know that she was murdered. 
mm-hmm. which is insane. Um, but yeah, I think, and also with this topic of, um, you know, today's topic, I think it applies to, obviously we're doing this because black people, but I think it applies to the LGBT community too, like how to be an ally for them. I think all the points are like valid on, you could take this and also be an ally too. Um, Cause like we can't ask people to like white people to do certain things to help us. And when we have privilege as like straight people to, to, we can't, we can't complain about white people doing stuff when we do the same stuff to them. Like that doesn't make us any better. And I'm like, I'm especially just tired of black straight men, like just being so sexist and like homophobic. And it's just like, what's your purpose? Like you, like you guys aren't even the ones on the front lines. If we want to keep it real, like we see like the people who are doing the protests are, are a lot of black women leading these protests and stuff. And like you still have the audacity to sit at home and complain and like be sexist and homophobic. And that just doesn't sit right, right with me. And I'm like, still going to call that out forever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, a large point to hit on is that, you know, you can't necessarily compare struggles, but I do think that you can look at the same struggle. And, and maybe this is conversations that should be had with specifically older Black men I've been having these conversations with. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the same struggle Black people are going through right now um, with police brutality and and just the laundry list of things that Black people are struggling with in this country, you can use that same exact argument to apply with um, how this country is set up as a patriarchal, excuse me, society. It's the same struggles that women have. And the same exact struggles and and struggles that women have and the privileges that men have, because this is a patriarchal society, we need to do that and apply that to our uh, heterosexual society and how because we are straight people, we have more privileges than gay people. And that does not erase your struggle as a black man or a black woman, but you do have specific privileges because you're straight or because you're a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think those are just important conversations to be had with every single solitary group of people. And same thing with ableism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have absolutely no physical ailment whatsoever. I benefit from ableism in this country. And these are all things to be aware of as you move through society. We all have privilege that needs to be addressed and checked. 100 Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so I'm really happy that we're um, having this discussion. And today's topic is how you can be a better ally. So Janae, do you want to just give us an update of what's going on with um, George Floyd and, and the cops, the four cops who arrested him and um, what's going on with his case and if those officers were convicted? Yeah, yeah. Um hopefully everyone knows what's been going on and none of you who are listening are living under a rock, but just in case I'll give a brief summary of what happened. Um, on May 25th, George Floyd, a 46 year old black man was suspected of using a fake $20 bill. He was apprehended by four officers where he supposedly, according to some reports, resisted arrest and he fell to the ground. Um, he was then pinned by, uh, Derek, Chauvin? Chauvin? No, it's Derek Chauvin. Chauvin, sorry. Derek Chauvin, um, and he had his knee on Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, killing Floyd. Um, His last words were, mama, and I can't breathe. 
Um, his death was caught on camera by several onlookers, which launched um, all of the Black Lives Matter protests that you've seen today. And um, all 50 states in America have actually protested um, since his death. Um, Derek Chauvin was charged with second degree murder. Um, and this was added to previous charges of third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Um, the three other officers, Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Kyung, um, who helped restrain Floyd, and Tao Thao, apologies if the names are pronounced wrong, um, who stood nearby and, you know, watched, were charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder and aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter. Um, so quick note for anyone saying that protesting slash rioting and looting does not work. I am a strong believer that if none of this stuff happened, we would not have gotten this far. Mm-hmm. And some other updates is that um, the state of Minnesota um, filed a civil rights lawsuit against the Minneapolis. Minneapolis Police Department from after these um, protests. And then also um, the University of Minnesota is going to disassociate itself from the Minneapolis police following um, the death of George Floyd. So things are happening. And yeah, like Janae said, like people want to talk all this stuff about protesting doesn't do stuff, riots don't do stuff. Like what is this serving? And it's like we've actually seen a lot in the last few weeks. Like if people would just Google or like read the news, because I know people who are at home like criticizing just seem to never pick up a book or Google, but things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're wondering how you can be a better ally, we're going to um, just give some some pointers on, you know, what we believe that people who want to be an ally to the black community and this is not just to white people it's also for other minority groups who are being silent um so janae do you want to start um with one one of the ways that someone can be an ally to the uh black lives matter movement yeah um and this was something that i literally just said it goes with recognizing your privilege we all have privilege in this society But specifically, um, when it comes to being a white person, you have the most privilege on this earth. Um, And I think it's knowing that just because you are a poor white person doesn't mean that you do not have more opportunity than other groups of people. You do have more opportunity. And I think that and, and a lot of things that I've been hearing recently have been that if you want to be an ally, this is not going to be just a one-time donating thing. Mm-hmm. There will be things that you have to sacrifice. And one of those things that you have to sacrifice is recognizing and owning your privilege and fighting for those who don't have as much privilege as you do. It's real easy to sit back when things are happy and when you know things about George Floyd kind of fall back as they have every single solitary time this happens. But what will you do to um, not necessarily fight against your privilege, but to own your privilege and help out other people when things quiet down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of times white people just, when they hear privilege, they immediately think 
money-wise, which never made sense to me. But, like, because a lot of people call him Kaepernick. They're like, he has privilege. He's in the NFL. And I'm like, are you stupid? Like, no matter how much money, he's still going to be black. Like, that's so dumb to me. So I think it's like, and I think a lot of people, like, get so quick to be offensive on privilege. But it's just like, a lot of times it really just starts by, like, recognizing that you have it. Which mm-hmm. really shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Yeah. So a next point too is just like educate yourself. Um, one, educate yourself, but also stop expecting and asking black people to educate you. Um, I don't think people understand how much like that puts on black people and it's not our jobs to, you know, uh, tell you where to look for specific resources. Like as Janae said earlier, you know, we have so such access to books, documentaries, um, just at our fingers, go to Google. So, um, also like, you know, Van Jones made a good point, um, that college costs a lot because education is not free. So like, why would you expect black people to educate you for free? You know, there are millions and thousands of resources between books and documentaries. Like we said, you know, you can just go to Netflix and, um, don't watch the help people. PSA, don't freaking watch the help. That's not, that is not what we're talking about when we're talking about resources. Um, You know, uh, we're talking about a lot of other things. That's last on the list. Actually, just throw away your copies. Um, So yeah, definitely, you know, don't stop expecting Black people to, to educate you on certain things when you could just look it up and, you know, become your own mini researcher. Become your own help. (laughs) <laughs> become your own house <laughs> okay so I'll go next um, it's important that we talk about racism in America it's important that we address that it is an issue talk about it with your friends your families um, white friends, black friends, brown friends, Asian friends talk about it so if we're constantly talking about it when things like this comes up when we talk about Black Lives Matter and we're hearing people saying ignorant shit like only all all lives matters all lives cannot matter if black lives don't matter so if we're talking about racism in this country we're acknowledging that it is a thing and i think that's important yeah and also like just to add on that too i think you know a lot of people say like like kit dinner table like talk does should not include like race you know politics money like those are topics you should you should stay away from but like i don't know about you guys but my best conversations i've had have always been around the dinner table and i think that's a perfect place to open up topics like this and if you you create an environment where you're not comfortable talking about these things then you don't go out and have the opportunity to learn so like you have to open up those conversations in your home yeah agreed yeah i think that's such a cop-out to be like i don't want to talk about it like, right. I don't want to live it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if we had choice. Don't you think we'd be making different choices? <laughs> um, so my point, which I think is one of the first steps, along with recognizing your privilege, is listen, which I think is so simple, but so many people don't know how to just shut up and listen like if a black person is telling you how they feel about a certain issue or just in general shut up you don't need to like defend yourself you don't need to compare yourself to how your grandparents were in the holocaust like just shut up for like two seconds and actually listen to what they have to say like try to understand where they're coming from because they're not just like talking about racism for fun and to, to add to that point a little bit more which you already mentioned people adding and talking about the holocaust i get it we all want to be able to share and to, I don't know, 
you relate, you, I guess. It, relate, yeah. It's just a natural human thing. But in these types of conversations, comparing struggles, don't do it. Just don't do it. I get it. Like I just went on three whole rants about privilege is a thing. We all have it in some areas. We all don't have it in certain areas. But if I'm talking about the way Black people are brutalized and murdered in this country, do not talk about how gay people are also brutalized and murdered in this country. They're two different conversations. We don't need to have them at the same time. And if you want to bring up the struggle war, you're going to lose. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything tops slavery. <laughs> like, just, you're going to lose. Just, just stop. Like, I mean, I think, like, like kind of what Janae was saying, like, if we're going to, if we're going to, like, you know, compare struggles or whatever, but, like, I think, like, in that time, in that moment, like, we're not talking about, like, the gay white man's struggle compared to, like, the black person's struggle. We can talk about the struggle of black gay people you know the struggle of black transgender women as it relates to black lives and i think like that's kind of like the point like we all we all have experiences and struggles but like i think we have to like focus like right now it's about you know the way like you said black people are being brutalized in this in this country um and so i mean granted like like you said like black people can like are a part of a whole spectrum like of different identities and stuff but you know it's about black people in this moment yeah um the next point that i had um was you know very similar i think you'll find a lot of um overlapping and and some of the stuff that we're saying but i don't think that changes how just important these conversations are to have um my point was standing up for people of color in the conversations that you're having with friends and family. Um, I think right now as a white person, the most important thing that you can be doing is going through your social media and looking at the people who you follow. If you're scrolling through and you're seeing tons of all lives matter, blue lives matter, you know, rioting and looting is, um, ridiculous and it's it's killing it's hurting our economy and it's killing our um community um i think you need to take a step back and think about the people you were raised by and thinking about the people that you um surround yourself by now um and also like to on that point too like um we know like white people have the way they talk once white people it's different how they talk to us and like i know that because white people tell us that <laughs> like my friend told me about how like her ex-boyfriend would say like the n-word and obviously he wasn't gonna say it around me but like he would do stuff like when but he's like he would he would literally be like oh there's no black people around it's fine yeah. Like, we know you guys talk differently, like, when we're not there. And, like, obviously, we can't stand up for ourselves if we're not in the conversation. Like, you have to – that is your job to do that. You can't just, like, be complicit and be like, ha-ha, he said the N-word. Like, it's not funny. Like, and whether we are in the room or whether we are not in the room, Black people cannot speak up for themselves in this country any more than they already have. For white people, Black voices are not a credible source. So even if I was in the room and your boyfriend said the N-word, me saying that that's not right, he's going to look at me and laugh. It is white people's job to speak up and stand up for voices of color. I ain't a credible source no more for white people. <laughs> it's your turn to do the work. We're tired. White people don't listen to us. 
it's your turn to help out and talk to your racist uncle who still has a Confederate flag hanging in his damn garage. Talk to your dad who jokes about Black people not having jobs. Talk to your brother who makes a statement about big lips. Correct all of those things. Stand up. Say something. Your silence is complicit, which is the next point we will be getting to. I'm done. (laughs) Before we get to the complicit, your silence, um, we're going to talk about analyzing your past, you know, past and current actions and how that has contributed to white supremacy. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have been getting, you know, some texts and um, people reaching out about past transgressions that have happened. Um, And I think you have a lot of people who are now going through the list of things that they may have done in the past and trying to uh, analyze that and rethink about that and the ways that they have hurt people and have contributed to the greater topic of white supremacy and upheld those. So like, understand why those statements that you've made are problematic and address them and see how you can you know, prevent that from happening in the future. And that comes from whether you say it, that comes from whether someone around you says that. Um, So yeah, just like power, like words have power. And that clearly we have seen that throughout, you know, what's happening right now, but just also throughout history. So like, don't act like what you say doesn't matter because it really matters. If you have a moment where you realize, oh, I I said something kind of, not great. I said something ignorant. I said something racist to someone that I went to high school with, someone I went to college with, my next door neighbor, who, whoever. I would say that now is not necessarily the time to reach out with um, any type of apology and expect a response or expect to be validated by your feelings. Um, I think if you want to issue an, an apology, you need to sit back first and wonder about what kind of response you are looking for. I think a lot of times it's just human nature to apologize and expect some type of dialogue and and some type of dialogue absolving you of your sins. But right now, and frankly ever, Black people don't have to give that to you. So if you're apologizing, a simple, I'm so sorry for any trouble that I have caused you, um, I don't expect you to respond stay blessed that's simple and good enough i also think yeah i also think um i don't know if this is one of our points but um i was talking to my friend about this because i see a lot of people posting black Lives matters and stuff and it's a lot of people who were debating me and my other black friends about all lives matter and it's like i'm not gonna forget that i haven't forgotten it's actually it would actually be quite hard for me to forget who publicly debated me on Black Lives Matter five years ago and now all of a sudden you guys are turned you know to the good side and it's like Mm -hmm. that doesn't make you any better to be honest it actually makes you almost worse and either kind of like the whole Leah Michelle thing how she admitted that she didn't even remember treating black people so bad just shows a lot about you like you've just been out here terrorizing black people sub. I don't know, subconsciously, consciously, I don't know. They're both bad. But you don't you don't even have the audacity to to apologize when you want to publicly say black lives matter so you can look good. But like the black people remember how you treat them. And a lot of people are gonna see that they're losing their jobs like that, like Leah Michelle, like 
the Dance Moms girl who posted Black Lives Matter and the girls on Dance Moms were like, you were actually incredibly racist to my children. And they ended her show. And like, I think that's fair because you can't publicly be like, oh, I'm, I'm an ally. And then you treat black people terribly. Like, it's just, it doesn't work like that. And, and we will remember like how you treated us and you should apologize. Like, you don't get points for just saying hashtag Black Lives Matter. Like, you need to apologize to the people you hurt. And that if you told girls, oh, you're pretty for a black girl, you ain't that ugly for black people. Like, if you said stuff like that, you need to apologize. That's just my opinion. My next point is short and sweet. You are not a savior. Don't act like one. Period. Period. Amen, Bishop. Amen. If you're, if you want to be an ally to make yourself feel good, to make it seem like you're saving someone or saving black people, you can't hang with us. Yeah, you do. You could keep it. You can keep it. I wish they could see Rachel's. I wish listeners could see Rachel's face right now. <laughs> if they saw her face, they would know the level in which she was not playing around. Check the YouTube out. Period. 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 Um, my next point is, I mean, I guess it goes off the first point when I said listen, but um, I think people need to have empathy, and I think in general the human race. Uh, kind of always I feel like they always had a difficult problem with having empathy I feel like it's a rare trait for people to have um and I think when black people are addressing situations you have to understand that their lives are just simply different like we hear about racism racism guys every single day and I know you're like yeah that's dramatic no it's not because it is every day whether we read the news whether we scroll on Tinder and y'all say some dumb shit about us, about how you never tried a black girl before, or, uh, you know, we have to see the news about George Floyd. We have to like go to work and get microaggressions. Like it is every day. We walk down the street and we see how people look at us. It is every day. And you have to understand like people have a lot of pain from that. And it's not just their lives. It's generations, especially black Americans. Do you have generations like a lot, a lot of generations of people just being like hurt and in pain and like treated unfairly. And that takes a lot on anyone. If you see people who look like you that have been terrorized in this world for, for 500 plus years, like you have to understand, like they have pain and you need to be empathetic to that. The next point um, that I have is, is, uh, be an ally in your workplace. Um, you know, this, this is such an important thing. Uh, and it, I think it might be a hard thing to focus on for a lot of people because a lot of us are focused on our own betterment. We're all focused on climbing our own ladder. Um, but I think it's important as a, uh, white person to, look back and think about people who have been passed up for certain opportunities. Um, Think about people on your team that just naturally will have a harder time assimilating to your team. This was a big thing that I found out in my own career when I first started. Not only was it difficult for me to, you know, navigate this workplace as a Black woman where I don't even necessarily identify with a lot of the people that I work with. Uh, Just for example, there were specific cultural elements when they're talking about grunge rock music in the 90s in the newsroom and joking about it. 
and I I can't even relate about that. I mean, if y'all want to talk about Jill Scott, we we could go back and forth. Um, and you know, in workplaces, having those conversations that make you a more relatable and likable person push you farther. Point blank. Period. So if I'm starting off at a different viewpoint than you are, I can't get farther. If I'm starting off from a different viewpoint than every white person in my newsroom, then how am I going to move forward when people think I just don't have a personality because I can't talk about the same things as them? So I think that being an ally in your workplace looks like having conversations with people who don't look like you, asking them what their goals are, what they want to do, asking them how I can help, Um, you know, volunteering to help them get from point A to point B, maybe even having conversations with your boss. Um, I think it's just putting yourself out there in a different and harder way. But if you want to be an ally, this is one of the things that you should do. Yeah, I also think um, with that, it's like, and Janae, I feel like we talked about this at the evil employer, but how there were um, conversations when white girls got hired to to watch out for the one perpetrator, the one of many perpetrators at that job. And me and you like had no idea, but that wasn't even like the first time. Like it was a lot of times we would find out that people were having like conversations without us. And it's like a lot of, I don't know if they did that on purpose probably, but like people have to realize like a lot of times people don't include POCs in their um, work place like conversations and that's like super problematic like again like you said like how are we going to move up if we're not even part of the conversation and it's also like if you are in a managerial role whether you like are in charge of hiring interns or in charge of hiring like managers like it is your job also to make sure you're diversifying that like environment like because I would make an effort to like every single intern I have like is either gay or a woman like or obviously black um but it's just like i had to make and i I had to actually fight really hard for 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 interns like the the company would would a lot of times they would actually stop me from hiring certain interns because um so-and-so's cousin daughter wanted to be the intern and and i actually had no say like they just told me to stop the whole interview process this is who we're gonna take like and 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 it sucked because it opened my eyes like wow it's just an internship like they don't even i'm you, you guys aren't even giving them the opportunity to interview. Like, so I would make an effort, like, to really bring those people in. And, like, they would only go to NYU. And, like, we know NYU's not diverse. Like, come on now. Like, I would just My make an effort. My mom can tell to, you like, some stories about NYU. <laughs> screw NYU. Like, I don't know why that was the only place we were, like, allowed to get interns. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm going to speak up for these people because I know what it's like to have an internship. And I'm, I don't think it's fair to not even give people the opportunity because they don't go to a rich school. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just simply... That's awful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've only worked really at two specific um, companies as a full-time, you know, employee. But the one that I felt most protected in was when we had a group of women on the editorial staff and we were such a varied group of women. You know, I was black. Um, We had an Indian, um, we had an Indian co-worker, a Mexican co-worker, a Jewish uh, Chinese coworker, and then there was like one white woman. But that was probably the most supported I had ever felt in a work environment. And I don't think it's coincidental that it was a mixed group of people. Um, we were, you know, telling each other, like, this is how much I make. This is how much you should ask for in a raise, like actively working to get more uh, black and brown voices. So like if you if your office 
the more diverse your office is, the more diversity of thought you will get and more inclusive the environment will feel. Um, so I, I think that's like important. And I'll also I'll add make one. Oh yeah, you go, Rachel. Sorry, I just, I just wanna make one point that um, stop making people of color feel like the help when we are actually a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Because I work in an office setting where the higher up is majority white older men and underneath is black women. And oftentimes I don't feel like it's like it's an integrated um, work environment. It's like, like I said, we I feel like we're just the help when we're actually a, like a part of this the team, we're part of this mission. So that's all I want to say. That's a good point though, Rich. It is. Um, and I also wanted to add that diversity is not a uh, linear thing. It's not something that should just happen during Black History Month or, you know, specifically in editorial. It's not, you shouldn't just hire Black writers when a famous Black person dies and you want to do some type of written report commemorating their life. Uh, Diversity and celebrating people of color, learning about different cultures, that should be something that's done 360 days a year. Like I said, like it should not be just done on Black History Month. Like Mm -hmm. it needs, you need to constantly focus on hiring uh, Black voices. It'll really help your company. Mm -hmm. We promise you it will. Studies studies show, but studies actually do show it. Yeah, so my, my next point on how you can be an ally is just like, Stop putting your white guilt on Black people and yourself and make yourself feel better. Um, I've grown up apologizing to people who have acted against me because they've mel- they've made me feel bad about them feeling bad. So not only do I feel you know awful about a situation, but then I'm, ma- I'm made to feel bad about you know, them feel like them feeling bad, which makes no sense. How do you, how do we have so many people who are brought up to apologize for things that have been done to them? Um, So yeah, just like, if you're going to reach out to people, be very, very thoughtful and what, and like Janae said, intentional about why you're, you're reaching out to people about certain things. If it's to, if it's to put your guilt on them, that is not helpful. And that does not show that you have grown as a person because you're not completely understanding the impact of what you've done. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you want to use your white guilt to, you know, get black people a job, or to know, you know, get them, help them get a raise, that's at least, you know, at least somewhat beneficial to them. But to do that just to make yourself feel better is not the way to go. <laughs> My next point is, uh, this takes time. No one is expecting you to be an expert on Black issues overnight, but understand that the path to being a great ally can always be improved and doesn't just stop one day or start because there are protests. And this goes back to us saying that you have to educate yourself. Um, Black history in the school system should not be taught taught in one day. It should take a semester worth of learning because that's how much... Uh, history there is and even more also um what's going to happen next month 
you know, are we going to act like this never happened? Are we going to keep um, supporting Black businesses, keep donating and, and volunteering? Or are we just going to sit back and continue creating TikTok videos and doing challenges and act like Black lives don't matter because we're Black every single day? This, this should be a fight that we're doing every day, every day. I love that TikTok videos. Also, like, <laughs> Rachel has been showing us these TikTok videos of people shaving white women shaving their oh, heads in honor of Black God. history and honor of Black the Black Lives Matter movement the, and the like, people, the like doing half blackface. Oh God, yeah, I saw that too. Oh Jesus. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't, sorry, don't do that. You say? I said let's not let's not give them any more attention. You're right. Guys, don't shave your head for black people. We don't care. We really don't. Just cash up us some money instead. And don't think know. that your hair is going to black people because that is not our texture. We no, we don't want it. <laughs> I, I know you guys think it, it mostly comes from India, so you're you're pretty irrelevant. Um, yeah. Watch good hair. <laughs> I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's basic. Um, my next point is recognize the power of your voice and actions. Uh, Janae t- uh, touched on this a couple of times in this episode, but um, it's stuff like recognizing your privilege. So you have to recognize that... Um, in history with the civil rights movement and the Stonewall riots, they didn't just like make those changes because it was simply the minority. They made those changes because they had white allies who had power. Like we wouldn't have had a lot of these laws passed. There were no black people in, in the government. Like, how do you think we got the laws passed? We needed people to like speak up for us. We needed people to advocate for us. Like we can't just do it on our, our own. You have to, like Janae made a good point. My voice is like invalid now. Like I've said everything I had to do. No black person is doing a hot take on racism in 2020. Like it's just, we need other people to speak up and do the work. So if that means like you're a white doctor, you need to speak up. If that means you're in the government, you need to speak up. You need to push these things forward your teacher and your history teacher speak up and talk about black history um another thing is um people have to recognize like even in the protests and i was listening to the guys who fuck podcast and they were talking about how they were protesting and um they were talking about how the person leading the protest was like white people get in the front like when they would approach the the police because if white people are in the front they're less likely to act a fool and just like tear gas everyone and all that stuff and it's like things like that where like that's all you have to do is show up like go in front with everyone and I know it's scary and, and I'm not saying that everyone has to do it I know it's it could be frightening for people but if you are going to show up to a protest best believe you need to get your ass in the front and you need to walk in the front so the police can like not attack us like it's just simple as that like they're just not going to attack you like they're going to attack us so um it's just recognizing your your voice and your actions have a little more weight than us unfortunately but that's just the reality that's so scary and sad that we're at the point or you know what we've always been at this point where it's like white people have to push themselves to the front because white officers are less likely to harm a white person than a black person like that just speaks all the volumes yeah but i'm glad people are are, are doing it in these protests because it's, it's true like you have to if you're going to show up in ours and they made a really good point like if you're going to show up in their space you need to do what you're asked like yeah. you need to go to the front if they ask you to go to the front go to the front like you are a guest in that space yeah oh kia but speak on that you are a guest in that space i like that 
it's not for your influencer posting. We've seen we've seen you influencers posting just to post. We got it on camera. It's it's not cute. Get your ass in the front. Yeah. Um, my next two points, um, I'm going to put them into one because I think that they relate to each other very well. Um, check on your black friends and understand that your silence is complicit, which I hit on earlier in the episode, but we going to dive a little deeper now. Um, first off, I want to shout out to some of my white friends right now. Um, who have been checking in on me and they haven't been checking in on me and like, I'm so sorry for what's going on. It's just having honest conversations on being willing to have honest and open conversations about what's going on right now. Um, And they're not asking me questions, needing me to educate them. It's just being open to talking about what's going on in the world. Um, And I really appreciate that right now, more than any other time, I've been able to have those conversations with my white friends. And it hasn't been something that has felt forced. Mm -hmm. On that same note, understanding that silence is complicit by you not saying anything, by you not donating, by you not, you know, taking a moment to do any type of research or try to learn, you're helping. You're standing against this cause. Um, And I understand that, you know, as a white person who has grown up privileged compared to a lot of other people, it might be difficult to say anything right now because you're afraid of offending someone or you're afraid of saying the wrong thing, even if your heart is in the right place. But stop being afraid. Just stop. We ain't got time to be afraid anymore. Um, It's time for you to do some work. And it's time for you to do a little bit more than just posts on social media. Um, It's time for you to think about your role in this world as a person with a lot of privilege. And it's time for you to think about whether you want to just sit back and be okay with that or if you want to do something about it. Because if you want to sit back, then I don't expect you to see shit. Like, I don't expect you to post shit about anything going on politically in this landscape. Like, you better just stay quiet. And the world never became a better place from people just sitting on their ass and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, it's not that hard to, like, comprehend. Like, the world does not get better with you simply just living your life in your own lens and not speaking up. Like, it gets better because we have conversations and Mm -hmm. we do actions. Like, it's it's I'd rather you just tell me to my face I hate black people than be quiet. But, but <laughs> um like the definitely I think the the silence has has helped me. I think like how like when the election with Trump happened and people were talking about like how they were going to vote for him, it was so blatant who I needed to remove from my life. Yeah. And I think now with you know people certain people posting on social, but like also not acting or people just remaining silent has really shown me who I need to remove from my space. And luckily I've been, I felt very vindicated in the relationships I have with certain white people and certain non-black people, because, you know, what I felt about them before has been confirmed in the ways in which they've reacted to what has been happening. And it's not just a one, a one how are you doing, Amari? Like, I'm thinking about you. It's like a continuous conversation of like check-ins or like them recognizing that I need space and kind of separating for a bit. Um, but, you know, I've, 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 I have felt good about the allies that are continu- continuing to show me that they are allies. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'll definitely say that there are several ways to um, get involved, touch on that more later. But this whole, I'm scared to speak up, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't and people to... are scared to be black. Shut up. Like, exactly. <laughs> like you that's know, such a weak ass like statement. I have to navigate the world knowing that just as a black woman, when I have a kid one day, there's a chance that I could die on the delivery table because mm-hmm. the doctor will have some type of bias set up and won't believe that I'm in pain when I'm in pain. And you know what? Screw that. Not even when I'm in pregnancy, not, not even when I give birth. It's mm-hmm. when I go to the doctor in general. Mm-hmm. Doctors have biases against Black people and their pain. Yeah, You can go to the doctor and get whatever the fuck you need and even abuse that. I ain't even got the chance to abuse it. So, <laughs> Just let us abuse too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Janae's kind of already touched on this based off of, you know, like social media and, you know, stopping instead of just keep on scrolling, like stop and read. And so people really do need to, my next point is that people really do need to um, analyze your media consumption and your content consumption. Like if you only follow white influencers and YouTubers and only read white writers and only watch, you know, content that is produced by majority white, um, you know, writers, directors, all that stuff, you need to analyze that and you know, understand and realize that that's pretty close-minded. No, it's not pretty close-minded. It's close-minded. It's ignorant. And you're only looking to see the lens, the the world through one specific lens. Um, so diversify the content in which you're consuming, like seek out Black writers and like watch Black shows by Black creators. And, you know, that's a part of your education. Yeah. And it's people probably a lot of subconsciously, I know people aren't like only white people, but it's like, that's subconscious. Like, you know, it's like, of course I'm going to listen to the podcast that looks like me and talks like me and all this stuff. And it's, it's just like making a conscious effort to be like, Hey, I should probably have some other perspectives or, and someone made a good point about how, like, and I had to check myself on this too, like how they were looking at like, um, and also I know it is a little difficult because these social media platforms simply promote white people more they just do it's a fact um and they have to like kind of go through like the youtuber like with fitness like a lot of the people that are big on youtube are like white people and it's like there are black fitness people too um like it's it's kind of just like taking the extra step to just do a little more digging Mm -hmm. like to to just like diversify like amari said like your media consumption like you're you're also going to be a better more well-rounded person in general instead of just being like a I only talk to white people kind of thing. I think, at at least for me, I had a really eye-opening experience when I'm a reader, and I think a lot of people know I'm a reader, but I read this collection of short stories by this um, Indian writer called When You See Me, Don't Say Hi. And it's one of my favorite collections ever written. And I had realized for the first time, I was like, wow, that's the book I've ever read by... um, an Indian American. And it really just made me realize that I had to, you know, I had not given so many chances to things because I just wasn't exposed to them and I hadn't been searching for that. And I can't even remember how I came across that book, but it really just changed my life. And also just, um, so like, if you want to read it, you guys should actually really read it, but just like simple things like that. You don't, I think everyone, you know, should take the time to just like reflect and assess like what you are consuming on a daily basis and how that does really impact the way you see things. And I just want to give like a quick reminder that 
people of color for the most part don't necessarily need to do this with white people because everything that we are exposed to um, from birth is white. Mm-hmm. The magazines that we look at, the TV shows that we watch, the commercials we see, the books we read, our teachers, the music we hear, the music we hear, we are exposed to white things in this country before we are exposed to things from other cultures. And that's just the terrible way that this country is set up. So Black people don't have to do the work to learn more about white culture. That's a whole different conversation because... The culture is white. It's been set up that way. Culture is white and it's been stolen by marginalized communities. But still, Black people don't need to do the same work that white people need to do. Facts. Um, My final point is stop telling Black people to forget about slavery. We're told never to forget about 9-11 and we don't tell Jewish people to forget about the Holocaust. So don't tell people, us us Black people, to forget about slavery. This, again, like, if you edu- if you're educated on black history, what actually happened in slavery, you would not tell a black person like, why are you still talking about slavery? Why are we still bringing this up? Not even about slavery, also about the civil rights movement, like things that have happened in America to black people. We're we're still talking about it because it's still going on today. It's 2020, and we're still talking about race in America. This there are sharecroppers today. Like there are people who mm-hmm. are sharecropping today. Like it, there is modern day slavery. Like it's just yeah. also so ignorant to just tell someone, forget about your history, even though we like raped and killed and, and rioted and all your people, but like and hung them and lynched them. And even though they're still trying to pass anti lynching laws today. So don't tell people, oh, it's just like they had Kamala they had Kamala Harris, the only black senator up there trying to def- trying to explain why. Like that this like they oh I can't even It's like, just we have to tell you guys to not lynch us. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's such a, you never tell Jewish people to forget about the Holocaust. Y'all are first to bring that up. Yeah. And black people are in the Holocaust, guys. Read a book. We were we were there with you. Like I actually just want to go on a really, really quick rant about the Confederate flag. Real quick. Real, real quick. The Confederate flag represents a split nation. And when I see someone with a Confederate flag, you're telling me that you hate me and that you are for slavery and for the splitting of this nation. Having a Confederate flag is not Southern memorabilia. If someone had great-great-grandparents or great-grandparents who were Nazis and they still had Nazi memorabilia, seems like a lot of people would say that's wrong, right? You don't see that in Germany. You just don't. You don't. I'm, and I'm sure if you do, they keep that shit hella quiet. And they tell us forget about slavery, but y'all still won't take down the Robert E. Lee statue until recently. Exactly. And I'm in upstate New York seeing people with Confederate flags. And I'm like, and you guys want to say that it's just memorabilia. It's it's honoring my grandfather. As if black people weren't from the South and weren't in that army, too. And your grandfather was on the wrong side. And Stop. it's also un-American, too. It's, it's, un-American. it's simply un-American. Un- it's un-American. You want this country to be split. You do not want a United States of America. You don't want that if you are touting the Confederate flag. And white people, you got family members who walk around proud with their damn Confederate flag, especially if they live in the North, especially if you live in New York State. You're dumb. It's and tacky. That, that they're dumb. It's tacky. 
here. It's more than tacky. It's racist. Your whole family from Maine talking about we we want to do South Memorabilia. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Is that an accent key? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was just me being, it's just me, like, when I do my side-eye voice to white people. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll lump two points together because Janae kind of touched on this, but um, it's like, what side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to look back? Because this is, we're obviously in a historical moment, guys. Like it's, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this forever. Um, mixed with COVID, mixed with this, but it's like, what side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side that you were just complicit? And at the end of the day, you're going to have to go to bed. And when your kids ask you, hey, mommy, you were alive during this time. What did you do? You're going to have to look them in the eye and be like, I didn't do shit. I just sat there and 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 did nothing. Your parents, your kids are gonna side you, and I hope you're happy. But this one, I'm forgetting the um the author. She's married to one of the soccer player, the female soccer players. I think it's Megan Rapone, his wife. I'm gonna look it up real quick. But she's an author, and her fam- she had young kids, and um, her kids were like they were reading a history book, and her kids were like. Hey, mommy, did you, um, like, w- w- if we lived back then, like, would we have been on, like, the right side or would we have to been, like, marching with black people or would we not have been marching with them? And she was like, oh, of course, like, of course we would be marching with them. Like, why wouldn't we? And then the kid goes, well, we're not marching with them now. Like, and it was, like, <laughs> and their kids, like, they don't know that they're being, like, you know, calling them out and stuff. But she, the kid was, like, well, we're not marching with them now. Why would we be marching them later? And then she had to realize, like, oh, I'm being, like, complicit. I'm, like, not doing anything. My kids see me as being a terrible ally, as being super complicit. And she, she started making a huge effort to, like, change her life and, like, expose her kids and, and go to these rallies. And, and um, she's also... Uh, a gay woman too she's a really interesting story and her following is like very christian based i'm forgetting her name i'm sorry guys um i'm forgetting what the it's not megan rapone god damn it, i'm sorry yeah, um, it's, not her. <laughs> it's it's someone else um but yeah and then my other point was um I think it was, sorry, I'm reading it now. Oh, support Black-owned businesses. I mean, this just is super quick. Just just do it. Um, we, we know you don't seek out Black businesses, but, like, make a small effort to, whether it's a local restaurant or, like, for me, I was, like, looking at all, and also just Google. Like, there's so many things about Black-owned restaurants, and I always get tea, and I was like, I'm going to make an effort to get Black-owned tea now. Like, I get tea so much, let me just you know, support the community. And now I'm really going to make an effort to, to buy like beauty products and tea in restaurants that are more black owned. Cause we, it's just simply not in our face, which is unfortunate. Like if you go on all of the beauty brands, it's like Glossier and in the same five brands and every single magazine. And it's like, you never are supporting, we never see the support. So we got to kind of like make an effort to, to support, which sucks, but it's like, we just gotta, we just gotta make a, an effort to like really support black owned businesses. And if it's, if you think entrepreneurship is hard for white people, guys, guess how hard it is for black people. <laughs> so. Uh, my last point is donate, vote, volunteer. Once again, we're sounding like a broken record here. Um, but donate your funds to Black-owned businesses or um, all of these organizations or the families of people who have been killed by police. Um, No one's telling you to donate 
a million dollars like my boys BTS just did. No one's okay, t- oh, they did. We can we can keep okay. on supporting. <laughs> yeah. Was it a million or a billion? They either donated a million. Oh, if it's a billion, you should suck their dick. I'm sorry. Danae's <laughs> 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 like, well. <laughs> they was already prepared. <laughs> this is rated PG-13, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donated a million dollars. And guess what? My boys donated a million dollars like a week ago. And it just cleared. That's why the news is coming out because they low key just like oh. um, I want to so, say the weekend did too, just gang gang, and he has multiple times. But I know people don't. I know people don't like him, but I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say, and he also yeah. donates to um, the educate. I think it's the education department or something in um, Ethiopia about Black Lives Matter and Canada too. So. Okay. It's I'm also like, important to like make sure your your favorite people donate and too. Like cuz you don't want to be following people yeah. that and like Trina who just sounds stupid. Is it worth like supporting someone who's a dummy or do you want to support someone that like makes an effort? Mm-hmm. Right. That was a big thing for me this week. I almost had to break up with BTS <laughs> because I wasn't hearing anything from my boys. And frankly, those of you who listen or those of you who know me know that I'm a bit of a K-pop stan, specifically a BTS stan. Um, and in K-pop, they directly benefit from Black culture. They take the most glamorous and cool parts of hip-hop and Blackness and they make money off of it. And BTS does that too. And, you know... From what I've seen as a fan, BTS, unlike many other K-pop groups, does do their job. They do research. Um, They work with Black artists and Black producers. Uh, They're not just necessarily in this bubble of take, 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 you know, without giving back. Um, So just on that, donate and make sure the people that you follow are donating to and using their voice. Um, Vote. Pay attention to your local elect. Uh, elections and local legislation. Um, I think we're always, always talking about the presidential campaigns and and what's going on at the the highest level. And I think that we're not necessarily looking at our local level, which is just so important. And that's something I need to do more work on too, frankly. Um, And then volunteering, volunteer your time, bruh. Help out. Um, Volunteer in uh, communities and areas that are marginalized and more affected by literally everything going on in the world. Um, Give your time to the cause. And on voting too, it's like when we think about voting a lot of times, and we saw this in the last last election about how people were just like, there are reasons for voting for Trump, but it's like they simply didn't think about how voting for Trump would, would impact minorities. Like you voting for Trump is telling Mexican people you actually don't give a fuck about them and you're going to build that wall and you're going to cage these kids. But why does it matter? Don't fuck you. Right. And that's such a terrible way to act. Like when you vote, you have to understand that these people don't just affect you. They affect people who don't have almost have no rights or treated like lower class citizens. And like when you're voting for, you know, even like taxes and all this stuff, it's like you have to make a conscious effort to not just think about you and white people. Like these laws affect us. And if you want babies in cages, then I guess go ahead, vote for Trump. And, you know, 
I remember you, you just made me remember that when Trump was elected into office, there was just so much conversation. So many people were saying that their politics shouldn't affect their friendships and their relationships with people. Um, if you're voting for someone like Donald Trump, then you're telling me as a person of color, I don't matter. You're telling me that you're supporting someone who has made racist and sexist and terrible comments about so many groups of people. You cannot just say that this is my politics and my politics and who I am as a person are completely separate. They're integrated. Like what do you think what do you think informs your your politics? It's your beliefs as a person. It's such a dumb argument. It's just like you sound dumb. Like everything is intertwined and the fact that people so try so hard to separate it it's just like you can't everything is political like i don't know if they just think it's like because for us we all we obviously have to see like i said the lens of like if we're if, if we were an immigrant or you know from mexico or latin american country we have to see like this is our livelihood like if you guys try to defund like the dreamers and stuff people are going back to their country like that's my life so for you to be like oh it's it's not personal it's just politics my life is personal <laughs> like right. that's who i am like you're trying to like deport my family that's personal to me and i'm just supposed to be like haha sorry daddy at least i'm friends with jimmy like that's not how life works not at all um my next point is use any type of platform you have i think people have this idea that you have to have a million followers to create an impact but i don't care how many followers you can have five you can have 20 you can have you know 500 uh speak out and you know Share, if you read an article that is so informative, like share that. Don't even think twice about like wondering if you should share, asking the person who wrote it to share it. Like just share it and spread that knowledge. Um, but also like make sure you aren't doing it for clout. Uh, you know, just posting a black square on Instagram for Blackout Tuesday is not cute if you're not using that time to also educate yourself to support black businesses to do the work. Like that is so. It's just trash. It's just like so trash and so superficial. Like put, putting a black square does not prove that you actually care about black lives. So like use your platform for good and make sure like you're you're pushing out good information. Yeah, we can all post a black square. We can all be allies. Allies. So yeah. Um, Rachel, you had one more point. I think you had stop being so defensive and stop comparing. Or did we do that? No, no, we already said stuff like that. So, um, Kia, you can just go on with your last point. Okay, so my last point um, is to address white people with black partners. Um, How you can be an ally, because I think it's super important. Um, Like, white people who have black partners, and it's like, you, you have to see your partner. You have to be a good partner, and being a good partner means standing up for them. If that means standing up for... Black people, like we said, to your friends, to your family, like, because we know your your family says racist stuff about us. Um, you have to remember, like, if you want to be in your partner's life, you need to be an ally. You need to step up and with all the points that we just said. And also these, because I'm sorry, a lot of times we see these white girls dating these black guys who are clearly racist. Like, a lot of these white girls were, like, date a black guy and then simply terrorize black women in their everyday life or on the internet. And it's just, like... 
do you not see that that's an issue? Like, and, and a lot of these men, like, will just let them do it, which don't make any sense to me either. It's like, are you just okay with that? Like, that's terrible. I think if you're gonna make the effort on both sides to date outside your race, you need to like understand some certain things. Like it's just simply not going to be as simple as it is dating inside your race. Um, Oh shit. I almost forgot my point. (laughs) Oh fuck. It was a good point too. Wait. ah! Oh, about, um, cause if you also, if you're going to have like mixed kids, and stuff a lot of a lot of mixed people have been coming out saying like their white mamas are like saying terrible stuff and like saying really like passive aggressive things to them i'm just like you made an effort to have a a black child like that child is a person like they're people they're not just like to post on instagram you have mixed babies and your babies have tan skin it's like they're, they're still people like so if you're actually gonna reproduce and have a life with a black partner please please do your job. Like, please make an effort to make that black child safe and like speak up for black people. You just can't take us and like act like we're like property and just be complicit too. Like that's just, it's just gross that I have to even address that. Um, And let's stop like engaging with people who don't value us. Like Mm -hmm. let's stop engaging with people who fetishize us. Why, why are we doing that? I'm confused. And why are we taking the extra step to like fornicate with these people? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, let's, let's, let's pause on that. Like, let's, let's just not do it. I just don't get why that has to be a thing. The use of fornication. I don't know fornicate. Why. Don't fornicate. <laughs> don't fornicate with races. Jesus Christ. And I also get, cause I, I feel like women too, I know it's harder for us, but like, let's, let's just stop engaging with people who are like, also like homophobic. Mm-hmm. And say really sexist thing. Like, let's stop. Like, I know it's hard out here. I get it. But like, let's just let's just not do it. Like, it's just not cute. But yeah, you can't just like fetishize black people for fun and then but you're you're like silent now. Like Kim Kardashian, it's like okay, but you have like four black kids running around. Like, mm-hmm. the police aren't going to remember who Saint West is. So I'm sorry, they're just not. Like, if. If he comes in contact with the police, what is he going to do? Call you? Be like, Kim Kardashian is my mom. Like, he doesn't care. And they'll probably think he's lying, so. Exactly. So just just remember that. Um, and our last point we wanted to do was just shout out current allies. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I do appreciate people reaching out, like we said, and not in terms of, like, the white guilt kind, but actually reaching out to see how we're doing. Um, reaching out, I just want to say – don't just do it in a time of pain do it in a time of like uplifting too so if you see like someone made a good point about this if you're seeing like don't just highlight black voices in a time of like pain like this like highlight them when they do something major like they're the first valedictorian or something like it's just we don't need the the sob story all the time we can also like uplift our voices um during positive moments too yeah and a regular moment yeah and positive moments too like I do appreciate if you took the effort to ask simply how am I doing um a lot of people at work I am really proud of my job because they did make an effort to check on me and um realize it's a hard week for me and it it wasn't just them like we should do it it was actually really genuine and I really respect that um I also am really happy because they are really making some major changes now and they actually took my um suggestion on 
giving to the Black Visions Collective. So um, we are donating to that organization, which I thought was super important because they also focus on trans Black lives and it's Pride Month. And I just think that's really important. And it's really awesome that they took like an assistant level person's opinion and actually made the effort to donate. Um, I think it's like a million dollars. I don't know. It's it's something big. So I do appreciate um, just things in my job and my personal life where people are making an effort to do better, to do the research and not just ask Kia, what, what do you think? Like, and just simply ask how I'm doing. So I think it, it just is so simple, but it goes a long way. I just want to say thank you to all my friends who have been reaching out recently. You know where you, you know who you are. This episode isn't about you, so I'm not going to list your names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oti, no shade. Sorry, but, y'all. Shade, but I just don't feel like giving all it's that. What they, it's what they should be doing anyways. It's, it's what you should be doing anyways um and I do want to take a moment to say that like I'm hella proud of myself because I'm going through my social media and all I'm seeing are allies and people of color um I actually there was one day where I was particularly angry and I was frankly looking for a white person to go off on on Facebook and it was really hard to do so (laughs) I've been doing the personal work over the past I would say like decade because we all know that this has been going on for way longer but it's been heavily filmed and heavily brought to light on social media over the past decade so I personally have been doing that work of deleting ignorant and stupid people when they do ignorant and stupid things on social media so I scroll through my timeline and it's hard for me to go to war with a white person now because all the white person I follow are allies do you guys feel like I was a little shocked with because kind of like you said, like, I feel like Black Lives Matter has been on for so long. And I do feel like um, I was just surprised that people were like, oh, people in my timeline, because I'm like, I have cut out all those people like five years ago, like when the Black Lives Matter started. Like, so I was just a little confused how people were like now realizing like people from their hometown races and all stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm actually generally surprised that you guys if you just didn't make the effort or see it before um because like you said i was like looking on facebook and i didn't see anyone that i was friends with that said stuff because i deleted you like it was it's that because of covid19 everyone has been forced to look at their social media more and to pay attention more and i think before people black people were brutalized and killed by police and you could just forget about it you could go about your day go to work where you're not looking at your phone, hang out with the homies when you're not looking at your phone. And maybe the time spent seeing what's going on in the world is only maybe during your commute or when you're eating dinner or something like that. Now, because we're all home more and because we're all probably looking at our phones more, we see what's going on. I I don't think people have had the opportunity to check out like they have over the past few years. I will also say I made this point with my friend from high school and I said, you know, I know it, it feels almost like Black Lives Matter is like a trend now and all these companies are saying it now and making all these donations. But like, I will never forget like in 2015 when I was and everyone who knows me, like, you know, I've been talking about Black Lives Matter for for as long as it started and you could go back to all my socials and you could go back to my donations and you can go back to everything because I don't need to like put a black black square so you know that where I stand you already know where I stand you know who I am and I I feel like in 2015 it was actually very isolating like Mm -hmm. I didn't have this podcast I was still um you know technically living in a small town um still at college and I just remember feeling like almost 
like I was crazy for saying Black Lives Matter because people weren't people just weren't posting it. It was only black people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it felt like people made me seem crazy for posting it and doing all this stuff. And um I'm I'm just gonna say that I won't forget who was silent back in twenty fifteen. I'm not yeah. gonna give you a pass for talking up now. I will remember that you were silent. These companies that are just now donating, I remember who's silent back in 2015. Don't think that we don't remember how you guys acted when the beginning of Black Lives Matter started. Because I think everyone wants a pat on the back now because you donated two mil, da, da da da. But like you were very complicit. And imagine how much further this movement could have gone if we actually had you guys speak up. NFL, you ain't you ain't slick. You're not. not just gonna say and, that. And also the fact that they didn't even say Kaepernick's name like I think is very very telling um but like for the allies that you know I want to give a shout out I don't want to give a shout out for like the way you have properly handled yourself during this moment but I want to give you a shout out for all the moments before when we were when you facilitated conversations about race um and being a black woman with me um because I think you know it's 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 telling of people who will who will bring up those conversations with you and not just like ask you, but like say like, I want to know, like tell me. Um, and I think those are some probably m- most of the informative conversations I've had with white people, particularly white women. I've never actually had that many conversations with white men about that stuff. Um, but I just wanted to like, you know, say you guys have been like doing the work and having the conversations from a long time ago. So it's not surprising to see how you've conducted yourself during this time. Um, so yeah, just like shout out to to those people and also to the people who I knew were down for the cause, but like are down for the cause in a way of just like going out and protesting every day. I have one friend who um, I've been telling him to text me like every night just to make sure he gets home safe. And he's been out there like all the time doing the leg work, you know, talking to people. And, and uh, it is, it's just like, man, it's, it's good to see, to like to have that confirmation, like you guys said, said that, you know, you've kind of cleared your lives of like the the, the people who weren't down for the cause um, and for just like for people to keep on showing out. Yeah, I also want to say uh, thank you to the uh, allies who are also protesting and also calling out people who are racist, calling them out on social media. Um, and a celebrity that I think people should follow and take notes from is Amanda Seals. Um, she's always been for the cause. She's a, a great person to uh, learn from. She also has a book called Small Doses that's out currently. Um, so if you want to learn about what's going on with Black Lives Matters and you know what it is to be Black and how you can educate yourself, I think you should follow her on social media. Amara, wait, I feel like, do you like Amanda Seals? My, <laughs> no, I think so. your face was just like... <laughs> No, I think I, I, I've, so my, my feelings with Amanda Seals have always been like back and forth and it never, and it never has anything to do with like how, like what she believes. I've always thought like Amanda Seals was down for the cause for black people. My issue that comes from Amanda Seals is particularly as it relates to her podcast and when she invites people onto the podcast and I feel like she doesn't give them the space to contribute fully to the conversation. That's my, that's like my one, my one gripe um, with Amanda, but I know she's down for, 
for the cause. She's always been posting things. She's always been very vocal about, you know, what it means to move through the world as a black person. Um, so I do think she is, I mean, she's, she's better than people going after like people listening to Sean King. Like, I yeah, think I didn't know people will still do that. To be yeah. Honest. White people will grip onto Sean King. Like he is the only life raft and I'm confused by it. Mm-hmm. They're confusing. Um, do we want to read the listener responses to what an ally means to you? Yes, we can yes. start with Twitter. Okay, let me bring it up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I also have to bring it up on, on Insta because I put it. I put the question out on our so-called Oreos um, page, but I also put it on my personal page and Same, I got yeah. some good answers there too. So I'll read for my personal um Someone that will have your back and can be trusted. Um, someone who speaks up but can listen and engage when they mess up. Someone who recognizes what makes them get defensive and explores why that is. Someone who can really listen and is willing to learn and grow. That was my personal Insta. And on Twitter. Ah, oh, what the fuck? Sorry. It's me posting to target to pick so-called Oreos for for the influencer marketing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. Um, it's okay. I, I, can go to, I can go to my personal. For whatever reason, okay. it's not showing up on the so-called Oreos podcast. So that's unfortunate because I do know someone put a really good answer there. But for my personal, when we asked what, like, what a good what makes a good ally um someone who i actually shouted out earlier said empathy in action and i think he's clearly showing that he is a good ally um someone said a good ear and another person said education courage and responsibility and i thought those were all those were all good responses okay i found the twitter one <laughs> um donating shopping black owned having difficult conversations with their circles and other spaces other spaces on our behalf protesting with us etc and then another response was being open-minded and listening willing to educate themselves not hitting black people with microaggressions and not all cops are bad and i don't see color (laughs) that's a good that's a good one (laughs) not all cops are bad like shut up not the point (laughs) like we don't care do we want to do we want to go over the um, spotting your own racism questions that you yeah. posted? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is just a uh, quick checklist. Um, my sister, we're gonna call her Dr. Jasmine Price. She's not a doctor, but um, she teaches a college class, basically helping teachers that are usually mostly white understand their own racism. Um, and she was on uh, one of our episodes in the past, which was very, very funny. One of my favorite episodes, not because it was my sister, but because she is hilarious and very well informed. Um, so she gave me a, a little checklist and then she has a little blurb after that that I'll read. But here's a checklist. Um do you think these things are racist? And as a, as a white person, if you're listening, I'd just like you to ask yourself these questions. Um, do you think white people socializing with only white people is racist? White people never discussing racism. Is that racist? Calling people who do or say racist things your friends. 
is that racist? Standing by silently when other white people say slurs about people of color, is that racist? Like I said again, these are just little questions to ask yourself. The answer to all of these is yes, these are all very racist things that if you are complicit in, you are being racist, whether you are standing by silently or only socializing with white people. But I think this is a good way to examine things that you need to change. Um, Jasmine, her little note was, it doesn't matter what color you are, you've been told that racism is just one group of people being mean to the other based off of skin color. That's not what racism is. Racism is a system that allows white people to maintain control over the power and wealth in our society while keeping everyone else from having equal access. Everyone contributes to the bolstering and reinforcement of the system of racism, but white people are the only ones who benefit from it. So. Thank you, Dr. Jasmine. Yes, thank you, Dr. Jasmine. Also, shout out that she was on our education episode. So if you have time, mm-hmm. yeah. listen to that. It was a, probably, it's definitely one of the top five episodes we've produced as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next segment, Time to Talk Mental Health. And I saw this post on Instagram from Rain X Shine, and I thought it would be helpful for today's episode and what we're going through. So here are some self-care tips for Black people feeling overwhelmed by the media. One, set boundaries. You are not obligated to share your feelings or educate people on what we are dealing with. Two, indulge in Black creativity. Seeking out Black art and celebrating Black joy can respite from traumatizing media coverage. Three, be tactful about your daily scrolls. Not every post, tweet, article, or message requires your attention or response. A constant intake of appalling footage can be overwhelming. Four, feel. Remember that your feelings are valid and take time to acknowledge them. Anger, sadness, fear, all justified. And five, connect with other Black people. It is important to seek support and comfort from others that you can trust. Okay, and lastly, Janae with the shits. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so Carrie writes, hi guys, what would you do if you were in this situation? The other day, I was in a client meeting with my entire team. During the meeting, my boss suggested to our client that we keep socials quiet so as to not seem inconsiderate or tone deaf while protests are happening since George Floyd's death. She suggested that our client post something that was about the movement and said, the client responded basically by saying that it seemed like the movement was slowing down, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal if we post about the company, and followed that statement with a joke about all lives matter, which was not funny coming from a middle-aged white man who is the CEO of a tech company. My boss, also a white woman, seemed shocked and made a quick comment about how that wasn't very funny and moved on. I as the only black woman on the team was immediately uncomfortable. 
but I didn't feel I could speak up as I'm currently in an entry-level position and I generally don't know how speaking up about these kind of things will affect my livelihood. Following this meeting, one of my white coworkers reached out apologizing for our client's behavior, saying that she was ashamed that she didn't speak up when things were going on. Being just kind of frustrated and exhausted, I replied back by saying that I was basically disappointed in the conversation and that it's time for white people to spark, excuse me, to start speaking up about these kind of things. By the end of the day, my boss organized a meeting to talk about the client we had, or the client meeting we had. She gave us a list of resources for how to get involved with the Black Lives Matter movement and let us know that if anyone feels uncomfortable, we can walk away from the client. Here's my conundrum. This client is an asshole and was before this call, but the work we've been doing for his company is in my area of expertise, an area we rarely tackle, and because of what I've been Sorry. And because of that, I've been getting so much shine. Like this client alone has helped bolster, bolster my resume so much. Do I walk away from an opportunity to do great work that has helped my career? Or do I keep working for an at best ignorant, at worst racist middle-aged white man whom I don't respect? This is just like this is the frustrating thing is that like so often black people have are forced to choose between their livelihoods and making money and upping their resume and also simultaneously su- like supporting racist people. Like yeah. it shouldn't be either or. Yeah, it shouldn't have to be. Um, I personally, this, this was something that a friend and I were talking on the phone about and she asked me about, and then I was later like, are you okay if I put this in the episode? And she's like, sure, go for it. Um, and the advice that I gave her, was that, you know, it seems like you get this opportunity few and far between, but it will come again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had also voiced that this guy, you know, treated women not that great on her team too, that, you know, her boss is a white woman and he's constantly talking over her in meetings and and he's just a dick. Um, so my advice is that if you don't respect him, don't work for him. And especially now that you have the opportunity to just walk away without anyone questioning why, um, I would walk away and then keep an eye out for an opportunity similar to the type of work this client is giving you in the future. Um, And also have a conversation with your higher up about why you're walking away and why walking away shouldn't be a thing and why walking away has some cons for you and why this work is important to you. So that's what I said. Yeah, I think you have to um, recognize like where your morals sit and what is valuable to you. I know a lot of people, I'm not going to tell you to not work for a company um, and say things if you're really concerned about your job. That's just how I operate. And I I mean, I I know in my heart that a big reason why I lost my job is because I spoke up. I, I, I know, like it's not... It's not rocket science, um, but I'm. At the end of the day, it's like I'm. I'm happy to speak up, and I'm not gonna live my life working with a group of people or a company that I that doesn't sit right with me in my heart. I'm not gonna go to bed well, and if that means I'm, I don't have a job, then I know it's easier said than done. But that that's just how I operate, and I'm. I know it's not common, but I think you just have to realize what what matters to you, and what you can reasonably do. I mean, I don't have kids or a family, so. 
I, I get to operate in a little more selfish aspect. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's it's does working with a company that values you and your opinion mean a lot to you, or are you kind of like okay with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and it, I think it was happening slowly before you know everything for me at least. I think was kicked off with Ahmed Aubrey. Um, I keep on messing up his last name. I don't know why I keep on saying Aubrey or Aubrey, whatever, you know. Um, but I think people are starting to realize that money is not as important as we've been taught to believe it is. And that at some point you have to choose between money and your morals. Um, and like Janae said, another opportunity will come around for you to shine. It may take some time, but like, how, how are you going to feel about the work that you've produced for someone that you know um, is problematic? Um, and will you feel comfortable promoting that work, knowing what you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, no matter what the decision is, there's absolutely no judgment mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you do decide to keep on working for this client, you're getting tons of opportunity off a shitty white man. So you're winning then too. But I think it all depends on what you can work with mm-hmm. and what makes you feel comfortable and good about yourself. Yeah. So the shit's out. <laughs> Release it. <laughs> Ew, oh, I'm free. Oh, Sorry. That was funny. <laughs> I liked it, Maury. That was funny. That was Thank relevant. You, yeah. <laughs> Janae, you're the one talking about pooping. Like Right. Janae yeah. last episode oh, was like, we ain't like... friends if we're not talking about shit. Right. Come on now. Yeah, you guys are right. I do talk about And your segment is called the shits. So. <laughs> like it's like the shits like the stuff. Oh, I yeah, still I like it, Amari. I think it's on brand. I think it's on brand. I like it. <laughs> Every time I read it in the in our Google Doc, I just think of the shit emoji. I love that emoji. <laughs> I haven't used it in a while, though. Even though it's relevant to the, the conversation now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that is all for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Follow us on all social media at so-called Oreos, and you can email us at so-calledoreos at gmail.com. Also, fill out our new survey. It's on all of our social media. Help us help you. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And please remember to like, rate, and subscribe and leave a review. Until then... Bye. 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 <laughs> I was Yo, muted. I'm so late. <laughs> oh, God. Hi, everybody. I'm Key. And I'm Beats. And we're the host of We Shouldn't Talk About This. Key, there's a lot of things you shouldn't talk about. I believe it. I decided to make a little list. Oh? Yes. Let's see. <clears throat> Parachute sabotaging. Cults. Mm-hmm. Biodiesel fraud. Mm-hmm. Poisoning innocent people and burglaries ending in death. Just name a few. That is a terrible list of terrible things to talk about. I know it's so awesome. Join us every Tuesday as V and I tell each other a different true crime story based on the topic chosen by you, the listener. We should talk about this is streaming on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and other popular podcast apps. So gather around listeners, it is time for a tale of crime.